Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to a special post-game live edition of the Dogs Podcast. This might be the first time we've ever done this uh, after a win. It is. So whenever we talked about uh, going live directly after the game this week, I was actually super nervous because it hasn't been good to us as a fan base and as a podcast to come on right after games. But Browns hung on, recovered the onside kick at the end, won what might go down as the longest football game of all time. Regulation. Uh, It just seemed like it was never going to end. Um, But pulled it out. Huge win for the Browns in terms of playoff implications because a lot of teams that we were tied with or that were chasing us lost today, the Texans, the Colts. Um, Just a huge win for the Browns. And it's one of those things where it's like we just can – we do whatever it freaking takes. Like there's no other there's no other better way to say it. Kevin Stefanski says it all the time in his uh, post game locker room speeches. Is we just do whatever it takes. Uh, while we're while we uh, we're gonna get into everything about the game, a lot of a uh, lot of the stuff you know who we lost this game injuries kept piling up. Uh, the highs, the lows. It, it was one of those games where we kept winning and I kept feeling like we were losing. And I just had to keep reminding myself that this is just the way Browns games are going to be this year with all the injuries that we have. Um, but bef- while we let this chat fill up, uh, before we get into everything, if you want to get your voicemails and your intros on the show, head to thedogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop-down menu. We love hearing from you guys, uh, especially when we do these episodes on Victory Mondays. We love getting your guys' thoughts on the show. We love getting your guys' intros. Uh, if you are watching right now on YouTube and you haven't yet subscribed, please do do so. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss an episode. Um, if you haven't followed us on the socials yet, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. I have no idea if you guys can still hear me or see me. We can hear you. Okay. My computer screen is completely black. So I'm just talking to myself and hoping you guys can hear me. I'm having some technical difficulties here today. Um, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm just not here. Hey, I'm back. You're back. Uh-huh. <laughs> I need a tech guy to come work in my house, apparently. Um, if you guys haven't heard, I need a new computer. Uh, but if you haven't found us on the socials, head to the dog. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're on all of them. If you prefer to just listen to the show, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com. Become an official dog back member on the Patreon page. Uh, you get access to the private Discord. You get an extra episode every week. You get to play fantasy football with us. Um, and again, I have no idea if this is working. You kind of froze there for everybody. <laughs> Could you guys still hear me? Yeah, we can still hear you. If you ever cut off the audio, well, I don't know how we're going to communicate that to you if you can't hear us. But uh, well, well, you know, I have to lie. What up on my on my phone on YouTube? So just like start waving your arms frantically, and I guess I'll stop talking to myself. Um, <laughs> So I have no idea what's going on with my video. I'll try to figure it out as we're going along here. But as long as you guys can hear me, um, maybe John can be the face of the podcast today. He's better looking anyways. I'm just fat guy, black cheeks. <laughs> oh, uh, Lake, you're too hard on yourself. Yeah. Think you're a beautiful man. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Um, so big win for the Browns today. And it was one of those things where um, it just – we kept losing players and it felt like every time we were about to make, you know, a run and put some distance between ourselves and Jacksonville, we did something stupid. And it was like, man, can, 
can we make them earn the win instead of us just giving them the win? And uh, we couldn't. We we did whatever we could to make sure it was going to be interesting uh, till the final whistle. But just what a resilient group to lose. Grant Delbit, uh, Miles Garrett's playing with one arm. He gets a sack at the end. Darius Smith goes down for a little bit. I mean, I've ne- I've never seen a team with this many injuries. To put this in perspective, the Browns. I'm not sure if we're the first team ever or if we're the first team in a very, very long time to start four different quarterbacks in a season and win a game with all four different quarterbacks. It's unbelievable. Now that's a that's a really good point. I'd love to know if that's ever been done because it's crazy. We've been talking about it all year. Yes, these Browns games are frustrating. They are just mind boggling at times you're sitting there and it's like hey we got a chance here after an interception early in the game to maybe go down and go up 17 maybe even 21 to nothing and then we turn ball over and it just (laughs) that kind of stuff just keeps happening and you know and it's primarily offense you know and of course we've got to preface it by saying yes we know that over half of the offensive starters essentially are backups I mean we're not we're not healthy by any stretch of the imagination on offense and I don't know. The the mistakes, the penalties, the turnovers, like you said, Blake, we're just we just have to we gotta expect it at this point and just hope that they continue to do whatever it freaking takes. Yeah. And I have to realize, sorry, we're just probably not gonna get a cleaning game out of the offense the yeah. rest of the year. There's just too many people hurt. Uh if if you go look at like some of the, the bigger mistakes out of the offense today. Amari Cooper is the only guy who's like a day one starter for this team to to have a mistake. Everybody, Joe Flacco was on the couch three weeks ago. Uh, Christian had two two penalties in one drive that killed us. He's a practice guy, squad guy we signed a few weeks ago. Hudson is so bad. He is terrible. Yeah, he's, he's a fifth string tackle. You know what I mean? Um, so, and those are the guys making the mistakes. It's Amari Cooper is like the rare occurrence where a guy that you depend on that we would thought going into this season that we were going to depend on on a weekly basis. He was one of the first guys in a long time to be a guy that made a mistake like that. If you go back and look at all of our turnovers and stuff like that, and I would say the last month or two, they've almost primarily been from guys who shouldn't even be on the field for the Browns. Honestly, shouldn't even be on the field for anybody in the NFL. But Hudson got that false start late when we, we tried to quarterback sneak it. And they showed the replay. This dude jumps a second early and fires out to hit somebody. He didn't touch anybody. So that not only does he not only does he false start, he completely whiffs on all blocks, hits absolutely nobody. How do you do that on a quarterback sneak? There's 11 guys within the tackle box, and he somehow manages to not hit any of them. And still get a penalty. Yes. It's just – it was it – was, rough but a win is a win and uh uh comments that i want to highlight right here i'm seeing in the chat this is really just about great coaching i couldn't have said it better myself in all three phases please give stefanski credit people i i got on uh, twitter and it's why are we throwing the ball so much what is he doing well have you seen our run game we don't have one anymore it is atrocious at, at one point uh, Ford had 10 carries for 45 yards, averaging four and a half yards a carry. You're thinking, oh, that's great. Until you realize one of them was for 26. Right. So, so on his other nine carries, he had 19 yards. 
And I'm like, well, you, you're not going to sustain a run game with 1.9 yards per carry. Kareem Hunt is amazing in short yards. If we need a yard, Kareem Hunt gets a yard every time. But if you're asking him to do essentially anything else, it's it's a wash. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I, real quick, just to throw the number at you. 2.3 was Jerome Ford's yards per carry today. If you take out his 126-yard run, that's not efficient. Yeah, it's just, it's rough. We, we don't have a run game. The only thing working right now is the pass. It, it, it made me nervous because as they're going down and making it a one-score game, I want to, I also want to say, well, let's just run the ball. But the defense had started getting so many people banged up. I'm like, well, we can't just go three and out every time and keep putting this defense on the field. You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't an, our week four defense against the Niners. This is... We got Ronnie Hickman out there. We love D'Anthony Bell, but he's not supposed to be playing meaningful snaps on defense. Uh, Mo, or, or uh, I think it was hurt. Did it? Mo Hersky I heard at one point today. Um, like Darius Swift goes out. This isn't the same defense that's just been going out and shutting people down. Like luckily the secondary played out of their minds today. I still didn't think we got great great pressure on Lords. Um, so. We, we have to – you can't just shut down the playbook because you get a one-touchdown lead in the NFL. Like, it, you just – you're going to lose more often than not. You can't. So, you have to count on what you have out there. And it sucks that what you have out there is a bunch of backups, but that's what you that's what you got. And you got to somehow make it work. And guess what? We made it work. Yep. Yes, we did. I mean, you know, talking about the offense and everything, it sucked when Ethan Posick went out, like, in the – what was that? First quarter, right? It was early, super early when he went out of the game. And now you got backup center. You've got two backup slash practice squad, essentially, tackles. And it's like, man, are you are you kidding me? Like, we're already starting out behind the eight ball offensively, and then we lose the center, basically, to kick off the game. So that was rough. And, you know, when Flacco, just to kind of touch on his turnover, his interception, I don't know. I don't. I guess that was incidental contact or whatever, where Tillman was running a slant and the defender ran right into him. And so, obviously, after Joe Flacco let the ball go, there was no receiver there because he was he got jacked on his route. I don't understand how there wasn't any pass interference or anything. I, Usually, I, that gets called. I think. No, it was unbelievable. I just got notification the Browns have officially uh, announced Joe Flacco as the starter for the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, thanks, thanks, guys. Um, Justin's coming to us live in the chat from the tailgate, so it's probably pretty rowdy up there. He says the audio is not podcast appropriate, but he's in the chat. Um, just speaking on this this win for the Browns in terms of going forward. Texans lose today. Colts lose today. Steelers lost on Thursday night. Like this, this went from a game where. Uh, I just thought hopefully we can win, steal this game. But my biggest focus was on the 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 Bears, the Bengals, and the Jets. Okay, but now the once Pittsburgh lost, and these, this became a huge game for playoff implications for the Browns. And you you managed to steal it at home despite all the injuries. So huge game for the Browns. Like somebody out here said, there's still people talking crap on Stefanski uh, and saying to bring in an OC. That play to David Bell. For the touchdown on fourth and three, first of all, that was a that that's a ballsy call to go for it right there. Yeah, uh, and that's why he like people just look at that, and if it fails, they bash him. But when it's successful, there's like they don't go, 
man, that was a ballsy call. He knows if this doesn't work, you know, we potentially lose the fan bases. I rate like that took guts. Well, guess what? I like that my head coach has guts. You know what I mean? He doesn't he doesn't play scared. He goes out there and tries to win the football game. Um, and he designed the play was perfect. Bell could have crawled it. Yeah, he could have. That was two wide open touchdowns. And think about last week and this week on the opening drive. Like Kevin Stefanski puts together a very nice opening drive script because you think about last week, Jerome Ford, wide open for that. Well, he fell into the end zone because he was off balance, but wide open for a touchdown. And then today, David Njoku on the opening drive, wide open for a touchdown. I mean, the the calls that he's, I think that, yeah, Kevin does not get the credit that he is due as the play caller and head coach of this team. Somebody said, extend him before he gets home tonight. And I was like, that's what I was saying. I was like, extend him uh, when he gets to the, like, I'd have his contract extension waiting <laughs> in his office on his desk. Yeah. He's walking to real quick. The, the fact that we are now eight and five, we have a one game lead on all the wild card teams in the AFC right now. And we just won a game with our fourth quarterback, a guy that everybody said was completely washed. No, everybody said there's a reason nobody's picked up Joe Flacco. He's terrible. There's the reason the Jets didn't bring him back. He was terrible last year. Uh, and he just threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Okay. He looked pretty good against the Rams last week. Uh, PJ Walker went 2 1 on this team. DTR won a football game against the Steelers with yeah. this team. Like, at what point? Who's the common denominator here? It's Kevin Stefanski and his offense. I'm not saying it's the most perfect offense ever. I would love to have some more pre-snap motion. It's a little bit more creativity at times. I wouldn't even hate if he brought in somebody to like spruce up the offense on. But let's not pretend like the guy doesn't know offensive football and that he just isn't a good head coach. It's, that argument has got to be so far gone. I mean, if you're still spewing that at this point, you're – you just like to hear yourself talk. You're just an idiot, to be honest. Yeah. This whole, what Joe Flacco has been able to do in this offense is impressive on a whole bunch of different levels. I mean, one, out of the league all year till just a couple of weeks ago, comes off his couch playing backyard football with his kids. They keep talking about that stuff on the broadcast. And here he is, he just walks into this offense and that's what, 256 yards or something last week. And then he comes this week and throws for over 300. I mean, there's a lot of like the top, quarterbacks in the league that hardly ever get a 300-yard game. And Joe Flacco waltzes into this one and just, there it is. And, you know, I, I think that's a testament to him and his training level and his experience as a veteran quarterback and all that. And it's a testament to Kevin Stefanski on getting these guys ready to go and being able to run an offense that highlights Joe Flacco's arm and his passing prowess because, you know, we, we, have, we don't throw a whole lot of yards this season. I mean, when Deshaun Watson's not in the game, you're not getting a lot of passing output from PJ. You're not getting any passing output from DTR. This is this is like a whole new element to our offense that we didn't have before. Yeah, and it can be tough to do well in the passing game when the defense knows you can't run. Yeah. Our our offensive line is so banked up and our our running game is lost without Chubb. So I mean, the fact that he threw for 300 yards to me is uh, incredibly noteworthy. And it speaks to, you know, his abilities that he still got. And as well as, like you said, uh, Kevin's play calling. Uh, I I agree. Like, I don't really understand the hate at this point. 
I mean, we're eight and five is solid for a team with their starting quarterback healthy. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you've heard me talking about Omaha Steaks for like three years now. And seriously, the only reason that I, I keep doing it is because I love Omaha Steaks. That's the reason I reached out to Omaha Steaks to establish a partnership in the first place. This food is absolutely extraordinary. It comes at a really, really great price. I mean, think about the price you're paying for meats and all kinds of foods right now. The price you pay for the quality you get at Omaha Steaks cannot be matched, beat anything, anywhere. And this holiday season, Omaha Steaks is the absolute perfect gift to get all the loved ones in your life. For me, it just makes Christmas shopping and getting people gifts that much easier. What do you get for people that, one, you don't really know what they want, you don't really know what they need, and they pretty much have everything they need anyway. People can always use meat. They can always use food. Get them Omaha Steaks gift packs. They throw it in the freezer, and it's the gift that just keeps on giving. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use our promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out, you get an additional $30 off your order. Send the loved ones in your life the tender, juicy butcher's cut filet mignons, the mouth-watering burgers, the gourmet jumbo franks, or even those easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. So get this offer now while it lasts this holiday season. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get that extra $30 off your order. Happy holidays, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Minimum order may be required. Uh, there's a team in Kansas City where if they lose today, they will be eight and five. Yeah, uh, and they have Hall of Famers on their team. No one wants their coach to be fired. Right. So winning football games in the NFL is very hard, even if you're a hundred percent healthy and you get all the breaks. Okay, it's hard. So to come out and win with four different starting quarterbacks, four or five different starting tackles on offense. Uh, rookie safeties, practice squad safeties, special teams safeties, uh, backup running backs, retire should be retired quarterbacks. Like, you should appreciate what your Cleveland Browns are doing. It's it's incredible. I've never seen a team have this many injuries and still be relevant. They're like we've talked about this. There's a lot of teams where if they have an injury to a player, especially at the quarterback position, they fall off. The Niners. Couldn't win a game without Debo Samuel, a wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. The Chiefs, if the Chiefs lose Travis Kelsey, they lost to, uh, who was it they played in week one? The, the, oh, the like, Lions. The Lions. Yeah. Okay. They And they looked awful. So, and that's not even their quarterbacks. Imagine what the Chiefs would look like without Patrick Mahomes. Imagine what the Jets or the Jets would look like without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we don't have to imagine. It's literally happening. They lost. They were Super Bowl darling picks. They had hard knocks about them. Everybody loved them. And they lost one player and completely fell off a cliff. Yeah. So um just crazy, crazy by the Browns, the amount of adversity they've overcome. Uh I was kind of I pulled up our schedule going forward a little bit. It this seems like the Browns can't ever catch a break in terms of uh, like who they're going to play. We're supposed to have a play a fourth place schedule this year, and I'm pretty sure Jacksonville was now the 
um, the 11th team we've played that was 500 or better. So uh, and this is supposed to be a fourth place schedule. So the fact that we're eight and five against that schedule is also insane. But you got the Bears who came out and beat the crap out of the Lions. And I, you know, we've been marking this one up as a win for months. And then Justin Fields comes back from his injury and all of a sudden he looks way better and they come out and beat the Lions. And our defense is starting to get banged up. So it's like, well, now like, are we going to be able to contend with a running Justin Fields who's playing well? And then you got uh, C.J. Stroud. Like This was at the beginning of the season. You're looking at, oh, this is going to be a win. Nope, Texans are in the playoff race. C.J. Stroud is definitely going to be rookie of the year in MVP discussions. Uh, Jets tell Zach Wilson they're going to trade him so he doesn't have anything to lose. So he just comes out and throws for a bunch of touchdowns today because he doesn't care anymore. It's like, <laughs> and then the Bengals, who I figured would be completely irrelevant and have nothing to play for, all of a sudden Jade Browning looks like the second coming of Joe Burrow, and their offense is still explosive. And they're so it's like, man, the, a couple of those games I was really counting on don't look, especially with as banged up as we are, they don't look like as winnable going forward. Like it's. Every game is going to be like this going forward, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. It's going to be ugly. We're going to be on edge. We're going to be questioning things. We're going to be wondering what's going on. And then hopefully we can pull it out in the end because just with the amount of injuries we have, some of the teams we got coming up, like the Jets, the Jets with our offense, we might have to try to beat the Jets 3 nothing because they got a great defense. And we we struggle at times against not great defenses. So – it's it's you know strap on for the uh, year helmets for the rest of the season. It's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy finish to the season. Yes, it is. So I wanted to highlight real quick Andrew Jackson, uh, one of our oldest supporters, longest supporters from the Patreon, said our offensive line is like wet paper. Are we still on the ledge? Well, that's that's a dig at me because I these games drive me nuts. I am just teetering on. I tell them I'm on the ledge every single week with this with this team because. I have we were, me and John were talking before you got on Blake. You know, he said, you know, if our offense just cannot turn the ball over, like this is a blowout win. I said, but I always expect our offense to turn the ball over, and yet I still get really upset when they do. It's just one of those things. But you know, they are able to overcome. I did want to say one thing about the defense. You were kind of listing all the backup guys that were coming in. Cam Mitchell went out again today, and as soon as Mike Ford came in, Mike Ford's a liability. He is not very good. He played second. great at Steelers game and has been terrible since. Yeah, right. Yep. So. Um, comment here says the book is still out on Stefanski. This play calls on crucial downs are questionable. He got lucky today. No. So that is the, So if the play doesn't work, is he just unlucky? I don't understand why if it works, he's lucky, but if it doesn't work, he sucks. Yep. <laughs> he want to, yeah, give all the blame when it doesn't work out, no credit when it does work out. But if you look at you know across the nfl throughout history isn't every single coach's play calling questionable every single coach ever yes you can always question it yeah exactly. when they win they're amazing and when they lose it's what are they doing it's yep. just it's the nature of the beast and like I, there's been no good crucial calls we're eight and five he hasn't had to call like any crucial calls in those games and i hate when people say He's cost us all five of our games. No, he hasn't. That's so dumb. First of all, so you think the Browns would be undefeated if we had a different coach? No, we wouldn't. Like, uh, it's it's wild. Yeah. So, Fatal Gnome in the chat, one of our 
Another one of our big-time Patreon supporters says, anyone still out on Stefanski is not a true Browns fan. Criticism is fine, but we're 8-5. and five. Get a grip. I agree. 12-5 um, train, yep. There look, we go. I, I just, in Stefanski's defense real quick, Um, and Blake talked about Aaron Rodgers going out in New York. I would say, like, maybe more to Stefanski's credit than anything else we've seen this year is the buy-in. Yeah. And the resolve. Our our team has more resolve than anything I've I've really seen in sports in a long time. Uh, that's coaching, guys. And credit Jim Schwartz as well. But that's coaching. You know, if Joe Woods and Freddie Kitchens were coaching the Browns right now, we would have given up week two when Chubb put out. We would be, oh, uh, I don't know. We'd probably have two or three wins. So, I mean, you know, give give the coaches credit when they deserve it if you want to give them all the blame when something goes wrong. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a very good point. And I, I mean, the last couple of weeks on the road, obviously, you know, we went over on the last show the differences between the defensive numbers on the road this season and at home. It's an absolute night and day difference. And what has been bothering me so much is when the Browns were on the road and they're getting beat because our defense couldn't stop anything, they were saying Stefanski's a horrible coach. But then whenever the Browns come out and win, it's because Jim Schwartz is a great coach. So, yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a group effort. Obviously, Kevin's the head coach, but, I mean, it takes the entire staff, takes all these guys buying in, supporting each other, just to do whatever it freaking takes. So... I was. I just was looking at the teams we've beat this year in terms of just to kind of put it in perspective about how um, how we're eight and five up against these odds is truly kind of remarkable. Of 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 our eight wins, now I'm not sure how it's all going to shake out after today, but as it stands now, I'm pretty sure of our eight wins, seven of them are against current playoff teams, in either the AFC or the NFC. I don't know if there's another team in football who's beat seven playoff teams. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go through and check people's schedules. I don't know if there's another team in football who is who has beaten seven playoff teams this year, seven current playoff teams, uh, and for seven of their eight wins to be against current playoff teams. I that the strength of our schedule is absolutely insane. And if they are a playoff team, they have been in the play. They're in the hunt. Were in the playoffs. Then maybe they dropped out, but they've been in and out of that race all year. But I'm pretty sure seven of our eight wins are against teams that are currently in the playoffs. All four teams, because the uh, Texans and the Colts lost, I believe all four AFC North teams are in the playoffs again currently. Yeah, I think that's what the graphic showed. The Bengals are sneaking so, into that wild card. So um, just it's it's remarkable for us. If, you know, you know what I mean. We we went to the playoffs in 2020. Okay, and if anybody remembers that. The season didn't start off great. Okay. The offense was struggling. We didn't look that good. Baker didn't look that good. And then we hit the second half of our season, and I think we won seven out of 10, but we got helped in large part because we played an absolutely awful schedule in terms of strength of schedule. We played bottom feeders. The, and when we did play above 500 teams, we lost. Yes. 
the three teams that we that we lost to in the second half of the season were the the 500 teams and we just we we were the best of the bad teams and we picked on them and we won the games against bad teams and we made the playoffs which I'm not going to apologize for winning and beating teams who are on our schedule but it's different this year we're not just picking off bottom feeders we're going toe to toe with the best teams in football and we're coming out on top and we're doing it with second and third string running backs fourth string quarterbacks fifth string tackles like it's you can't say enough about I mean, it's literally hard to to put into words. It's hard to fathom that we're eight and five with the amount of injuries we've had. Yep. And you look at some of the games we've lost, just to kind of backtrack. I mean, the week two, we lose Nick Chubb. We lost that game by four points. We had two costly, you know, turnovers that turned into touchdowns immediately. Otherwise, that game might be a win. Then you look at like the Seattle game. I mean, you know, a little bit better QB play in that game, and we get that game too. So this team is I mean, they're not just eight and five. Like they are just a few bad plays, bad situations away from being even better, which is just from from where this team came from a few years ago, winning one game in two seasons. This is this is awesome. This is so good right now. Yeah. So I'm trying to scroll through these comments, see if I see anything else. I will say this: the fact that Joe Flacco is throwing for 300 yards. Uh, in this offense is very impressive to me because I we need wide receiver. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to bring that up on the show. Like Amari Cooper is very good. Okay. And I think Elijah Moore could be like a really good guy on your team, like a role player guy. But I I don't know if he's like a guy, like a high level number two receiver like we thought he was going to be. We seem, We don't seem to have a ton of speed. And we don't seem to have like a ton of wiggle. When was the last time the Browns wide receiver like caught a pass, made a guy miss, and like just exploded for 80 yards? Like we don't have anybody like that. Like Amari's a great route runner, possession receiver, and he can hit a big play sometimes. But like we don't have we don't have anybody who really scares you on the outside. You know what I mean? Like we we need speed and wide receiver help bad. It's obviously not going to come this year, but it just. I just want to put that in perspective. The fact that we're putting up 350, 400 yards of offense and we're getting these kind of performance out of Joe Flacco at 38 years old with kind of the second-rate wide receiver core that we have, mm-hmm. like it's pretty impressive and it speaks a lot to the scheme. Yeah, uh, Ian on uh, YouTube here says, David is the key going forward. Now he showed today what he can and should do. And David Njoku, I mean, six catches a day, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Just an absolutely awesome game by the Chief. And, you know, he's had a couple rough outings here in recent weeks where he's dropped a lot of passes and, you know, just kind of stalled the offense a little bit. But when he's on, when he's on his game, there's just, he's like one of the best, I don't want to say like overall tight ends in the league, but I mean with his blocking and everything that he provides and then what with his playmaking abilities, he's he's a stud. I mean, that, that play where he stiff-armed the guy for a first down was yes. was so impressive because he got stopped about three yards short, stiff, shoved a hand in the guy's chest and said, I'm taking you past the first down marker with me. And he just got the first yeah. down. It was so cool. That guy should have just voluntarily sat on the bench for the rest of the game. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun play to watch as a Browns fan. Sometimes it doesn't even look like he's running that hard or that fast, but he's running away from people or pushing them out of the way. Like he's just such like a natural athlete and he's so I mean he's huge 
on the pulley, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um. So, how do you guys feel about the defense going forward? Like, if a guy like Delpit is out, like what? I. Well, I guess we can talk, especially because on the road. We talk about Delpit real quick. I mean, you might as well mention the news. He signed an extension today with the Browns, just signed a three-year, $36 million contract extension. I think they said it includes like $23 million in guarantees. And he went out today and he actually, I mean, he played pretty good today. He had the, he had a sack, right? Didn't he have a sack? He did. I couldn't yeah. remember if it was a sack or a QB hit, but yeah, okay. I mean, he looked really good. And then you're right, Blake, went out with the injury. They say what it was. Uh, I already got carded. Oh, like he, they took him to the sideline and then they had to cart him to the locker room. Well, it looked like a head. Did not? Did it not look like a concussion situation it, where his head hit Miles' I, knee? Not when I saw the replay. What did you see? Um, I, I definitely thought it was concussion protocol. And then I saw the replay. And it just it didn't look like he really hit his head. Like maybe his head would have been like more secondary con- contact. I thought it was probably going to be more. I couldn't tell. I so, thought maybe like a neck or shoulder. The chat's saying groin, groin, groin. I guess so, that news must have come out now. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hear about it, and I didn't hear anything from a sideline reporter or anything. But, yeah, I mean, that sucks. So, yeah, Blake, dude, uh, I didn't think I didn't think Hickman or Bell looked like liabilities, per se. And obviously, I don't want to see Delpit out. Well, you know, not having without, Delpit, not having Thornhill, not having McLeod, like, damn, there's all our safeties. You know what I mean? It's that sucks. Well, and and Delpit went out, and they they went right down the field and scored. Like as soon as they went out, they passed like four times, went right down the field and scored. So it's 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 getting to the point like how much can we overcome? It's a it's it's was that the same drive that we had the pass interference call? No, this that was a way earlier in the game. The pass interference ball at the end was such a joke. For for them, they didn't call pass interference on us when we stopped them on fourth down, and it was a bang-bang play. Then they didn't call the pass interference for us when we tried to throw for the first down uh, on Elijah Moore. And I was okay with them not calling it because it was bang-bang, and we just got away with a bang-bang one on the other side. But they've been letting them play all day. And then you let the then you bail him out. He throws into triple coverage, and Anthony Walker might have lightly brushed him with his pinky finger or something. <laughs> and and they, that's what they called it. It was so obvious, like the spread was three and a half. A bunch of people must have taken the Browns on the spread or something. Uh, and Vegas called in and said, "Hey, we need this to end in a three point game." Uh, which then Doug Peterson really screwed it when he went for two instead of kicking the extra point. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, Doug Peterson must have had the Browns three and a half. <laughs> so, uh, but it was that was such a bad call. That was terrible. Um, to be letting them play all day, then you call that in crunch time is officiating in the NFL has gotten to a point where it's even owners and coaches are starting to question why is it so bad in our league? Why are we this giant <coughs> conglomerate? this global game worth billions and billions of dollars. And this is what we have on the field officiating our games. Like it's, it's unacceptable. Yeah. But, um, I hate to do this. I guess you guys can keep going if you want, but the Browns played the longest game in NFL history today, 
So we like to do these for an hour, but I have to get ready and go show somebody a house and my computer is about to die. So <laughs> um, a quick question, Blake, go ahead. do you need a new computer? I do need a new computer, but th that's not why it's dying. It's, it's dying because I didn't know it was close to dying. I don't have my charger close by. Uh, and both have to be somewhere in a half hour. I said, before we, we could wrap it up real quick. I know you got a roll, but why don't we just mention Martin Emerson real quick? Because yes. yeah, I don't even know if we've said his name yet. And holy crap, dude, have yourself a ball game. You know what I mean? Just he is making a push for, for a Pro Bowl, you know, bid this season and he deserves it. What a find by Andrew Barry last year in the third yeah. round. Give him the game ball. It's picks like him and JOK, like Dewan that people say it, when people say we gave up the future to get Deshaun. Really? No, we got we we filled this roster with second and third round draft picks, and they're all hits. Well, uh, most of them. Right. Emerson is dog news. You know, like all these people, and JOK's playing out of his mind this year. So, first round draft picks. It's a it's a crapshoot. Half of them are bust on all the time anyway. So uh, that's why that argument carries no weight with me. Uh, and also, we should Dustin Hopkins comes through in the clutch again. Yeah, uh, that field goal was huge. A guy that we were worried when we signed him, like that the his longer field goal percentage had plummeted in recent years, and that we were concerned about that. He's m money this year from fifty plus. So uh, and he's been worth every single penny since the trade. Yep, hundred percent agree. With but. That. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up before I just get abruptly cut off. Uh, I appreciate everybody sticking by like, through my technical issues at the beginning when I was just freezing and my camera kept turning off. Uh, the fact that you guys stuck around, uh, it really meant a lot to me. I appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with us right after the game. I know a lot of you guys are probably either wasted or tired because it was such a long game. <laughs> uh, but it was awesome to to get a huge win for the Browns. Currently hold the number one wild card spot in the AFC playoffs. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season we were going to be missing Chubb and Watson and Conklin and, and Jed and all these guys, and we'd be eight and five, I would have laughed you out of the building. So uh, it's it's been awesome. It's been an awesome season for the Browns, watching them overcome adversity week after week after week. It's been awesome watching these games with you guys, uh, coming on doing these lives with you guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. This is going to be our episode for the week because Josh is on vacation, uh, so probably won't have a, a preview episode this week unless – Josh was going to do something from his vacation. We'll, we leave it. Yet. We'll play it by ear. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't hear from us uh, this week, it's because Josh is on vacation. Uh, but if we forget something, figure it out, we will see before then. But if not, we'll see you guys hopefully victory Monday next week after a matchup with the Bears. Uh, stop Justin Fields and hopefully win that game. So once again, we appreciate you guys being here. Have a good night and go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.